what can I do here? And you know, sitting down and consulting the doctor, the idea was to go into a brace instead of a cast. And for me, it was just throwing anything at this uh, injury to see can we speed up the healing process better. I took upon this sort of whatever it takes approach yeah. and stood by it. Um, every every decision then uh, was will it get me back playing? I don't know of anybody I'd say myself and maybe close family really ever believed that I would be back in four weeks to play an all Ireland final but for me it wasn't going to be for a lack of effort and trying and Hello, Cormac Venny from Hip Psychology and I'd like to extend a warm welcome to everyone to the Mastering Your Craft podcast. Before we get into introducing today's guest, just a quick overview of what we do. We are a performance psychology company working across three main domains, education, sport and business. We can be followed on Twitter at Hip Psychology or our website address is www.hippsychology.com. Today's guest on the Master in Your Craft podcast is Connor Myler. Connor is a current Tyrone senior player and he is also a primary school teacher. We cover three main areas in the podcast today. Firstly, education. And with having worked with over 100 schools in the last two and a half years, I was fascinated to get an insight into Connor's approach to teaching children and getting the most out of the pupils that he teaches. Secondly, leadership, and with having captained St Mary's to a monumental Sigerson success, I was fascinated into Connor's approach to his time when captaining this team. I also wanted to delve into what it was that made this St Mary's team special. Connor is also currently studying a Master's in Leadership, and this was a part of the podcast that I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Connor around. The third area we covered was sport and Connor went from not starting on a Tyrone minor team to two years later lining out in a senior All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry. This was a remarkable journey and remarkable story. In addition to this we explore in the podcast how Connor recovered in four weeks from a leg break where he was originally told that he would be missing 12 weeks. He recovered from this injury in time to take his place on the starting team on All-Ireland Final Day. Connor is a man who truly gets the most out of himself. This podcast was recorded in February time. So it's without uh, further ado, I'd like to jump into the podcast and welcome Connor Myler to the Hip Psychology Master in Your Craft podcast. So I'm delighted to be joined in the Hip Master in Your Craft podcast with Connor Myler. Connor, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. So Connor, um, I suppose you're a, a busy man juggling a few different hats, um, teaching, going from Belfast to to Tyrone to train. What is what does your week look like at the minute? Um, week at the minute, teaching Monday to Friday up in Belfast and then down home to Oma at the weekends during the week up and down for training on a Tuesday Thursday so a bit of time in the car there and in the gym on a Monday and a Wednesday in BFIT there in Belfast so plenty going on during the week and on top of that taking a bit of after school football and a bit of well-being very good 
as well as balancing a master's in leadership and on top of that trying to plan a few things for the summer so yeah busy during the so week so you've got a free time in your class then I see you actually we're both B-fit athletes then B-fit athletes <laughs> so Connor I suppose like for me there's a couple of interesting things going on with you and I'd like to get into first and foremost is obviously your profession as a teacher it's an area I work in schools as well but for you what makes what makes a good teacher how how are you be able to get the most out of kids or how do you what's your philosophy around that yeah for me I probably knew I always wanted to do teaching I uh I had an offer to go to Georgetown, an offer to go to Queens, and I didn't get into university first time round, so I ended up waiting another year and uh, waited the end of the because I knew that teaching was something I wanted to do, and uh, something I was always strong with was building a rapport with people, in particular through children, um, would have done a lot of coaching with my club, so I knew it was something that uh, I was into. My biggest strength, as I mentioned, was probably building that rapport and trying to understand children better and why they do what they do and and how they learn. So the way I teach anyway is I, I would treat every child very individually. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is what works for one child doesn't work for another. And it's finding what works best for that individual and what motivates them, maybe what inspires them and finding what works for them and again going with that something they maybe particularly enjoy a book they love or a topic that they're particularly good at and working with them to try and again relate that to as much things you can and get the best out of them a quote that always sort of stuck with me is if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it'll always live its life feeling stupid so everybody has strengths in different areas and it's really it's understanding that and promoting what's positive and if you can help improve their weaknesses as well then then all the better so it's, a, it's about relating to them based upon their interests yeah big time big time right. no that's great I think there's a lot of power in that of, of any leader you know it's I think you have to get to know the people that you know are, are in your car big time and one thing I do is if there's children in my class staying over for after school activities I'll pop my head in to see how they're getting on or again chatting about things that are going on at home or in the evenings any after school clubs or activities and getting to know the child better and then because I'm able to relate to what they're doing and asking questions in class about it then you know that child feels valued they Mm -hmm. feel that they are important that there's a sense of care and in return then when I'm looking work done they reciprocate it by you know, giving it, giving their effort and, and giving their all because there's a, an understanding, a relationship there. Mm-hmm. So that's how I work it anyway. Yeah, I think that that's a key word there is showing people feel valued and showing them that like the kids are able to think that he cares about me. Yeah, and giving people time is it's the greatest you know currency you can give is is your time and. Mm-hmm you know every child is coming in and you've no idea what's happened that morning or that evening before if you can give them a bit of time and and show them that you know you understand or you, you care about by what they're doing then they're going to feel more they're going to feel more warm and welcome in school and school will become a more enjoyable place and and secondly with that you know they're happy they're healthy and then secondly the learning will come then mm, yeah yeah 
And how, how do you show kids that you care? Is it just about, it's about listening to them and finding out about about them as people? Yeah, and again, it's something I'm you know reading up on more. It's something I've learned myself in the last couple of years. It's just learning to listen. Mm. It's probably wasn't always a strength, and, and it's again, it's something I'm only working towards. But it's asking good questions. You're asking why. You're trying to get to the bottom of things, and you know sometimes it's just listening, um, not listening to respond, but um, you know you're you're listening to learn, and it's it's something I even learned was just that um, you don't always have to have a response prepared as such, or you're not preempting what you're going to say. It's it's taken on board when when you're speaking, you're saying something you already know, and when you're listening, you're you're likely going to learn something new so for that for me was was a great game changer in in dealing with children not listen to learn or not listen to respond listen to learn i love that i love that um so connor um suppose then the other side of you and is um is the ga player you know when did you first get into football gaelic football because you're playing obviously inter-county level and you've as we're going to find out in the podcast you know they've all Ireland successes at under 21 sigerson played in the all Ireland final um but where you know that's suppose that's the end journey where did it start yeah well my dad played for throne um played for oma as well for years and and that's where it came from for me was you know, looking up to my dad's inspiration to where I wanted to get to and, and he would have took me to all the matches, uh, club and county and he would have me out practicing and playing from a young age. So that would have been um the initial inspiration was, was watching Tyrone winning all Ireland's and, and dad take me down to Crow Park and you're standing on the side and you're watching and you get this feeling that you know, it's hard to put into words what it was but you felt something then that this is where I want to be and this is what I want to achieve. So uh, as I was growing up, I did a lot of running. Uh, my dad was running a lot at the time too, so I got into the running. Um, and was very successful with the running. I would have ran uh, three, four All-Irelands, won an Ulster School senior uh, team and was continually top 10 in, in Ulster, winning local 5K and five-mile races, etc. So... It was always something I was good at. The football was something that I was decent at, but but wasn't excelling as such. I would have been on the periphery playing about my own age groups throughout, and teams a year above. You know, I wasn't making. Um, for three four years, I played B football underage, and at the time, I hated it. Uh, I couldn't see the point and. I would have been frustrated, particularly, I remember at under-16s one year, my dad was managing the A-team, and he had put me in the B-team, so they won the championship that year, grade one, and I was playing Division Three. and at times, you weren't playing a full game, you were getting taken off at half-time, or you were coming on, and it was very frustrating, and I probably got a bit of a chip on my shoulder at that stage too, and was a bit frustrated, and the running was going well, and... Um, I always had a great work ethic, but I really needed to bulk up and work on my skills. You know, it was very skinny and slim. I probably got to a point then at 18 where I had to ask myself, where where do I want to go here? Do I want to follow a running route or football? And again, for me, it was the inspiration. What was the inspiration? Well, that was 
watching Throwing in All Ireland's and being in the in the queues like watching on from the side and seeing the elation at the final whistle and knowing that's what I want to achieve, you know, that I wasn't gonna get that from my running, I was gonna get it from my football, so I went all in with the football really at that point, at probably eighteen and said, you know, this is what I wanna get and um I just went for it and that's where the chip on the shoulder probably played paid dividends for a while because my work ethic would have been um mad at times you know i was content to work hard on my own uh, go out for actually you know training every day sort of mentality nearly that kobe mama mentality of how long can you train for and how much can you do and it worked for a while where there was a big transition from 18 to 20. At 18 I played and came on as a sub in the second half of a reserve championship final. Um, I didn't make the the throw minors again. Each of these setbacks just it led to a bit of a chip on the shoulder. I uh, again <laughs> you know I remember being sixth year on a McCrory team and, and not getting on I played in my seventh year but all these things sort of I kept in the back of my mind and things people were saying in 2013 my dad was managing the seniors and I got a lot of stick from fellas saying you're only playing because your dad's a manager and in some cases they were probably right nearly but 2014 was a huge turning point where you know I, I decided I was going to make a big push for my uh my seniors coming to the end of 2013 I hadn't played a single game for home under 21s because I was very young but I pushed hard and, and ended up starting the Ulster under 21 club final uh, on my Vimeo Ridge and we won which led into um, 2014 where we, we won the championship for Uma's first championship in 25 odd years my dad was playing on the team last time to do it. So there I was at 19 in 2014, just winning the championship. And into the throne under 20s. 21, sorry, in, in 14, 15. And in 15, we won the All-Ireland. Um, a team in which, for my minor team, you know, I couldn't make it minors. And, and two years later, you're... You're starting an All Ireland winning team. Even before that, you're playing B at your own club, but under sixteen, like that's yeah, that's even more remarkable. Um, that that transition where I just decided that I'm going all in here, and I didn't mind being on my own on that journey at times because it was the the journey less travelled as such, and it mm-hmm. was it was me out of my comfort zone doing things that weren't comfortable when other boys were taking the easier option. I was content to do stay behind and put in a bit of extra work because you know I wasn't going to see the results there and then but I was mm-hmm. able to see them longer term and, and having that vision longer term as such uh, and that's that's what took me up to sort of 20 then okay and it's just interesting there like the you were you said the word like you hated GA at a stage you were been successful in, at, at the running but it was it was a chase was it a feeling chasing that feeling that wanting of that elation of what could be from being part of that 
part of potential Tyrone team that was the motivation that kept you going. You also mentioned there, you know, the chip on the shoulder. Where did your motivation really, if you could pinpoint it, lie for 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 you to enable to to go the GA route rather than or that that turned that idea that that you know that hating something round into you know pursuing it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't say hating. Uh, yeah, I was definitely just frustrated. Mm-hmm. Frustrated at times, you know, when I would have Omar were going through a very successful phase at underage, and there was boys winning, you know, championships at fourteen, sixteen, minor doubles, and uh, going off and representing the county. Then and club late, club mates and club teammates of mine all playing for the county, and that's what I wanted, but wasn't good enough to do. And I was jealous in a sense. Uh, I was jealous of those boys, even boys in in school who were playing on development squads. I was jealous of them. So you know, I seen that's where I wanted to get to. And again, it's probably the difference in motivation and inspiration when it came to it. What you know, your inspiration's internal, and what what was internally driving me was winning that All Ireland. And again, I'm still chasing that feeling of an All Ireland senior, and I don't know what it's like, but. I'm going to find it someday, um, is the way I'll put it. Like. Very good. So, Connor, I suppose on the on the face of it, you had a fight to get to where you got to. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who, who knows me, would probably know that it's probably one of my biggest attributes is my work ethic. If, you know, I'm quite... Uh, how do you put it? I'm resilient in a sense, mm. but I'll never really back down from a challenge. Uh, you know, there's a word I'm trying to think of, but you know, if somebody tells me I can't do something, you know, I'm I'm gonna want to try and prove them wrong, um, and I'll do that the hardest hardest route possible. Again, I'll I'll sort of leave nothing to chance, and and that's you know I knew I had to work hard, especially my skills and physique, build myself up to a level that was capable of playing county football and you know that's that's what it did really mm-hmm. um, a rocky road then you had to travel yeah a rocky road and I say it's, it's the road less travelled but uh, it was the road that that I wanted to go it's, on it like. stands by you as well then do you believe and it still stands by me because that w- that's still something that I carry now you know regardless of training I still want to win every run like I still want to win you know, in house matches or or small sided training drills, I'm still gonna if I if I put a ball wide or if I lose possession, I'm I'm annoyed with myself because I set that high standard, and I still I still stand by it really. Yeah, and the, the other word that's coming in there a lot, and it's one um I had Marty Clark on a, the last series, and the word extra, that just seems to be something that I'm all speaking to others in this podcast as well. That seems to be a trend that's coming across. Yeah, um, I knew I wasn't the most, um, I'm sceptical of using the word talent as such, but my skill level is definitely not as high as other boys, so I have to work to my strengths and realise that where am I strongest, and, and that is for me is my fitness level, my work rate, so you know how do I maximise that um, to use it to my benefit during the game, and that's how I play as well, like I, I'll I'll get the utmost out of myself mm. that, that I have um, yeah. I think uh, Dan McFarlane Ulster Rugby runs with the motto of squeeze every drop that's that's a good one because that's that would be a similar 
mindset myself really then mm-hmm. um so connor 2014 was um a county senior championship for yep. oma at club level so yeah so um how was that <laughs> yeah it was that was probably the first big marker really for me in in my footballing career again you're the year i was the youngest player on the pitch that day so it was um Again, years before, you were looking up to the likes of Joe McMahon and Justin McMahon. So party, you know, watching them playing for Throne and winning all Ireland's, and yet parties sitting thinking, here I am playing alongside them. Mm. So again, in around that time as well, for me it was just right work ethic and you know whatever job you were given, you did it to the best of your ability. As such, um, not very glamorous, but you just bust yourself. You know, every game we. We were lucky that year too. We we did, we always had a good squad, but we kept ourselves injury free, and you know, good management. Larry Strain took over that year, and you know, probably you know, I challenged Larry as well because I wanted to be to get the most out of myself. You know, I remember asking him, you know, I wanted to to mark some of the top better players at times, and you know, he had to sort of turn into you know, catch yourself on. Um, you know, I remember asking him when to play Cross McLean, thinking I want to mark Aaron Kiernan here. You know, he's the he's the top player they have, and he's one of the best players in the county. And somebody I would have idolised and tried to even model my game around at times. And I'm going, I want to mark Aaron Kiernan this weekend, like, and him having to tell me, no, <laughs> you're doing a different job. Just settle yourself. So yeah, 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 that's it. And the final then against Loch Neil, you know, I wanted to mark Chrissy McKeague, a player who, you know, exceptionally, exceptionally talented player and somebody who, again, was a real leader for Slock Neil that year. And again, I just, I embraced that challenge. Like, I, I always backed myself to up against the best. So again, I wanted that challenge and I got it that day. Uh, unfortunately, we as a team, we came out on the on the losing end of it. But an Ulster final was club final, some experience. And again, something I probably thought at the time We'll come around every year, but uh, haven't got back there since, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. and that experience then set you up for the following year for uh, Tyrone under twenty ones. And I was going to say a successful campaign, but yeah, when you win in All Ireland, that that's not successful would be a good enough word to describe that. Yeah, and for me, it it was my first big chance playing regularly for for a Tyrone team, and it was again playing my strengths. So I was working very hard wing half forward. Uh, our management that year was was exceptional. We had Peter Canavan, we had Brian Doher, Fergal Logan, and uh, you know we, we had a great team uh, who bought into the management. Won Ulster and then went on to win the All Ireland. So yeah, a really good journey. Um, so it was first first All Ireland title. Like and again that elation after the final whistle where you see your family and friends. For me. That's that's what it's about, mm. really. And you mentioned actually, I'll, I'll come back to that elation. But I want to sort of segue a bit. Um, a, a man who, as a child growing up, was actually a, an idol of mine, Peter Canavan. Um, I remember in two thousand and three watching him uh, single handedly drag Tyrone uh, level against Down, um, and that was one of the greatest displays I've ever seen. I've always I've idolized him ever since. Um, but what was you mentioned there a great management what was his leadership style what was so great about him as a manager because everyone could see what it was about a player 
behind closed doors what was so good around him as a manager um, I suppose with with Peter's background as well he's seen and done it so yeah, we always trusted whatever Peter said he just has an aura about him that's you know once he starts speaking your ears perch up and you take every word on board um, everything tactically he was spot on you know Peter was was very much into the finer details as well and it probably showed me the level of professionalism then involved with uh, an inter-county team how professional that setup was and again as I say everything that, that Peter asked you to do you know you did it and you did it to the best of your ability because you had total faith that it was the correct thing to yeah. do and it was the correct way to do things mm-hmm. so and then what, what was it about that team then was there anything anything you can look back and say that that's why we were successful hard to put your finger on any one thing mm. I think the big thing for that team was you know we attention to detail you know, we had all the bases covered every game so there was nothing really left the chance that we had prepared so well for pretty much every situation I always mm-hmm. felt comfortable in the one our role and our jobs and at any time when it was getting difficult that we were going to overcome that spell there probably wasn't really any stage that year even against Tipperary in the final where your backs are against the wall for about last five ten minutes never really felt that we were ever going to lose that game or any game because you had total belief that the work was put in prior and again we had with all areas covered mm-hmm. in that sense so a sense of confidence coming from your preparation big time and yeah. is that where you're individually you get your greatest confidence from yeah preparation is something I would try and pride myself on trying to be as best prepared as I can to just get the most out of myself as we were talking about earlier um, if it's spending time doing a bit of video work or um, whatever recovery is required or whatever is required extra training that week to prepare yourself for the match then you know it has, has to be done and again the likes of a social life or any other things sort of take come second priority in that case then like. and sacrifice then sacrifice is a word to use yeah it's a strong word sacrifice but because you know, you're you're making the decision consciously, knowing that this is the I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not seeing as a as a hindrance, like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could say sacrifice. Uh, yeah, and then so that All Ireland success was then followed a year later by f- following. Well, I suppose there was the All Ireland semi final then that same year. I suppose which we, again was a, a a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, twenty fifteen. So we won the All Ireland and. Later that summer, Mickey asked me to join the senior panel, so I uh, came straight in and I started in the back door against Tipperary, then Sligo, uh, Monaghan and Nolairn semi-final against Kerry. So I suppose at the time I was in a bit of a bubble and didn't really realise how big of a deal it was until after, in reflection. Like, Oof, I've just played an All Ireland semi final here. It's not um, bad from four years ago when Oma's under sixteen B team. No, not bad. <laughs> Probably the biggest transition was just that eighteen to twenty, like where from you didn't make a county minor team 
and you're absolutely gutted to two years later there you are standing starting all Ireland semi-final in Crow mm. Park the only other player playing that day from that minor team was Mark Bradley so again you're 20 I was the youngest player on the pitch that day mm. against Kerry and we just narrowly lost out on a on a final so we did mm. a bit of a a roller coaster year then too yeah and I suppose then you had uh, the coming back then to university football after that and like which was for St Mary's was a very special year yeah I uh, came back in and you know conscious that you know in university too you can nearly get a sense that your ego builds up and you nearly feel right I'm county senior here and you're coming back into a college setting but a great thing that Paddy Tally was always good I was just keeping keeping you grounded how do you do that? I suppose me Paddy and I our relationship really developed and grew from first to fourth year uh, and even since you know he became a sort of lecturer who I didn't really know to someone I would nearly call I would, well, I would call a friend now mm-hmm. um, Paddy again he, he cares about the people that come into the college and um, you know it's it's more than just football there for Paddy and for, for everyone in there he's marries even in general without the football it's uh, it's a special place which people on the outside will find it hard to understand but people on the inside will know and it's hard to sort of put your finger on what exactly it is but you know, you, you feel valued and part of something when you are in Samaris, um, regardless of playing football or not. So, you know, again, it comes back to that thing of feeling appreciated, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, friend group, it, it really developed me just as a person outside of football. You know, gaining a group of, group of friends that, you know, you're still, still living with, sitting in the house here, so to the fellas. So that, that was a big transition for me. So it was in some areas where, yeah, just sort of finding myself a bit as an individual. Um, it gave me a bit more of an identity of who I am, who I wanted to be as a person. Um, and, and surrounding myself with more people probably on a similar wavelength or similar journey. Like. Okay, and you mentioned there that feeling part of something. That's a, that's a real powerful line um, in terms of what we know about motivation intrinsic motivation so if there's any coaches listening out there thinking right how do I create an environment how could I create that environment that people feel part of something is there is there is there any silver bullet around that or, or how did that come about within St Mary's you know that that strong bond because they massively punched above their weight which is would be fair enough to say yeah with the size of the college compared to your UCDs and your DCUs you know how is there anything any coaches listening could take from um, your experience from with St Mary's you know uh, there's definitely no magic formula and there's no step by step book like it's mm. and it is hard to put your finger on any anything in particular that stands out but again making people feel valued you're you're going to get the most out of them yeah. and I think we got every drop I mean, when you're fair to down far and we were getting every drop I do every player every game and St Mary's has always been punching above their weight I think that year, just in particular, we maybe caught a bit of luck. Thing with the Sigerson, it's it can be a hateful journey at times where you could be on the end of a of a 
very tough losing one point loss or an extra time and you don't get the chance to move on any further um, and I've seen some Mary's teams over the years losing out by minimal margins but you know that year we had a lot of good leaders um, and again uh, I was captain but you know having Patty there to remind me that I, did, I probably again just being self aware looking back I always felt I had to maybe take most of the burden because of this title but really I just I learned that it, the title is very is, is just a title and that's all it is really um, there were so many leaders around the pitch particularly Kevin McCarran and Kieran McGarry two boys mm. who've captained big teams before Kieran captain our under 21 All-Ireland winning team and a man who you know I I feel I get the best out of myself sometimes when playing with them because we're always we're on a similar wavelength then and, and that year myself Kieran and Kevin worked around that middle area really well again we had target men up front with Cal McShane and Matthew Fitzpatrick and, and Ashton O'Neill was in that year who really stood out as as a young player who, you know Ashton from Cross McLean who really just has a mentality of he's so confident and, and he's willing to take things on and try them and, and that confidence is to be admired and we've got him and Colin McCann playing closer to goal and and being having the ability to take men on kick scores things just really clicked that year uh, so they did in particular Is there anything around that team you can sort of put your finger on and say yeah that's, that's what, that, that's, that enables a team to fulfil its potential I suppose trust. You know, we had we had to trust each other, on and off the pitch. Um, again, being comfortable to to talk to each other and feeling like you are part of something more than just yourself. And you know, everybody bought into things that year. I think was different than maybe years previous. You know, and it is difficult university football. We got a bit of luck that Cross McLean had lost that year uh, ourselves. Even um, Kier McGeary came back from an injury and haven't played for Pomeroy in his club championship. We got players back early that year, and we were able to build a strong team and strong foundation. So for us, big thing was even keeping players available and fit mm. and on the pitch because when you're picking from such a small panel you need your best players on the pitch yeah. at all times really yeah in that sense of trust how does is how does that come about uh, it's probably spending time with each other yeah. and enjoying each other's company on a personal level um, and because we're in college so much that and we see each other so much and because it's a small college that you're going to bump into boys more often then you're going to spend more time together and the thing was we enjoyed spending time together be it at training or team nights out and which there was plenty of so just spend time together enjoying each other's company the fundamental thing for suppose in terms of sport is that it needs to be enjoyed yeah and we enjoyed uh, with as many nights out as we had matches like it we enjoyed our downtime and and we enjoyed our football so yeah and you said something around there I'm quite sure about like conversations and stuff was there any difficult conversations that needed to be had and how were they handled within the group um, without getting you know into specific details you know I I don't think there was any standout difficult conversation they came to that point where 
there was a, a turning point or a big moment mm. I say like it's things just came well together yeah. that year like good um, and then you mentioned there but I suppose been a leader within within that group that I suppose takes me to the next stage in your life you're now doing a masters in leadership yep and again I was my first team I captained that's Mary's team and on hindsight you know I would probably do things even differently than I did then than I did now because you know I'm learning a lot more about leadership um, what, what would you do differently? just how maybe I would handle some situations you know again feeling like I have to Again, I probably learned too with injuries over the year. That chip on my shoulder probably didn't help with injuries because mm-hmm. I was always trying to do too much then. Yeah. And it probably set me back for a year too, 2016. Anyway, I spent most of the year injured. So I probably had to learn a lot from that too. Again, say doing doing a leadership master's now through the GPA. And it's been a, an, a, an incredible eye-opener, probably following on from... Last year, doing my master's in education down in UCD, where I came out was really very much out of my comfort zone of a year twenty previous twenty seventeen of uh, um, winning Sigerson and and being part of a small college and and really enjoying my time to making the tough call to go down to Dublin because it was a challenge and again that's what I like to do is challenge myself. You know, along that journey, there was definitely a lot of bumps as well. I broke my hand and had to get the bus down and again you're missing training at the start of the year and stuff uh, and when you were training it's, it's a two and a half hour journey down two and a half hours back there's five hours spent just traveling mm. so that was tough along with a lot of academic reading which I wasn't as used to there was far less support mechanisms and networks down there because it's such a big college you know bar the sort of sports team you're left to your own devices a bit and you know, getting used to sort of being in an academic sense even. I was always okay with football, but in an academic sense becoming uncomfortable. Sorry, being comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, and sort of pushing the boundaries a bit of learning to read more and having to educate myself because of other ways I was just going to fail. And that was a long and short of it. So I really had to put in the work and there was long hours in the library spent down there. There was, you know, any audio book I could listen in the, in the car down or uh, on the bus or whatever, reading a lot of books and it's taught me to read a lot more and something I enjoy doing a lot more now has stemmed me on to wanting to study more and that's why I'm doing this leadership master's now because I feel from reading into leadership and, and having a bit of a glimpse of it through some of the successful teams I've had you know the two two county championships and I'll say Samaris and being part of the throne trying to take more leadership you know a role responsibility because I feel that I have qualities there that can help influence a team so trying to delve more into the understanding of leadership as in terms of education is something I'm interested in and you know I'm excited to see where this this master's will leave me. And what does what does a good leader look like? Well, again, I, I think leadership is. You can't 
try and be somebody else you know it's mm. it's being yourself yeah. and what's worked for you again isn't going to work for everyone it's, and that's how i teach as well and that's how yeah. i would lead it getting the best out of everybody in your team and and that's how you do that then yourself so again you know leading by example you're setting the standard and i do it in class as well if i'm asking the children to to go home and read or you know spend time reading a class and i have to be seen to do it myself you know you can't preach something you're not doing yourself so a, a john wooden quote no john wooden i know john wooden surely was well, it no written word nor spoken plea can teach our youth what they should be are all the books on all the shelves it's what the teachers are themselves yeah that's one that stands by brilliant like and, and you have to set that example yourself for them to follow because in one sense you are a role model mm. to the children whether you like it or not or whether you you see yourself as it or not they they are looking up to you so setting a positive example and i suppose that correlates across to the team and and i suppose with teaching that's been helpful in a sense yeah. with working with with the team dynamics so yeah it's just studying more it's helped me expand my thinking even various avenues to try and go down and again something i've definitely learned is the more i'm learning the less i know yeah. because you know at times your ego will take over and you feel that you're competent and you know everything but my self-awareness as a person has definitely grown in the last number of years in particular where i, I now know and understand that I don't have all the answers and I maybe never will but I'm willing to try and learn a lot more and educate myself more to make better decisions yeah yeah um and f- so from that leadership mod or uh, masters has it led to changing any behaviors in yourself or you know you talk about self-awareness has that led to any sense of change within you well that alongside even just spend time with my dad who's a big influence for me mm-hmm. on a more and you know value what they're saying and again listening to learn as well yeah. so for me I maybe process things a wee bit slower in terms of uh making decision front so i like having as much information as i can and then making a decision based on all the information Mm -hmm. so that's that's one of my sort of leadership traits as such and you know making rash decisions doesn't work well for me like as such and but building a rapport and trying to understand people and why they're doing it and and that word why has been huge for me asking why and trying to understand why and showing an interest and getting to the bottom of things so you get a clearer picture you know before you make your mind up yeah, really brilliant um so connor it was just the before we, we finish up there was um i suppose an, an interesting time in your life was the tyrone all-ireland final and in particular the lead up to that can you just sort of um elaborate more on that um yeah and the in the lead up to the Iron Final, well, that year in the championship, twenty eighteen, I played every game in the championship. Uh, we went through the back door, and we got to the uh, Super Eights against Donegal in Bally Buffet. You know, really tight, tough game, and it was an injury time of that game. I went for a ball over near the side, which.
reason for going for it. But anyway, I went for it and my foot got caught and I got a shoulder and my leg stayed planted and I broke the top of my tibia. Um, not really knowing at the time what the damage was and sort of being the person I was trying to nearly hobble off the pitch off after this seemed like you know showing no weakness here I'm okay sort of thing that that's just the way I go about things sometimes um, not always the right thing but I got a scan and a few days later to show that uh, I'd broken top of my tibia and first phone call I had was you know there's a break there and it's it's going to be 12 weeks so your season's over you know obviously very emotionally break down at the time and the thought of missing out when you've had such a good year um, and you're so close to to an All-Ireland final again that you didn't want to miss out but it's it's probably that sort of the person I am that I would have said to myself, right, what what can I do here? And, you know, sitting down and consulting a doctor, the idea was to go into a brace instead of a cast. And for me, it was just throwing anything at this uh, injury to see, can we speed up the healing process better? I took upon this sort of whatever it takes approach mm. and stood by it. Um, every, every decision then was, will it get me back playing? I don't know if anybody outside myself and maybe close family really ever believed that I would be back in four weeks to play an All-Ireland final but for me it wasn't going to be for a lack of effort and trying and, and thankfully for support of physios and, and team doctors and and that we managed to get certain things into place right? again I don't really know what in particular what worked but it was finding a small percentage here and there you know, uh, had an oxygen tent to sleep in, try and boost oxygen levels for healing. You know, tried to take in a bit more calcium protein again for healing. Was you know being careful with carbs. You weren't putting on too much weight running. Was you weren't doing much. Uh, getting the swelling down with ice in my knee and and then rehabbing as many times a day as as you could, while also giving the bone time to heal. Again, everything else just came secondary. That was the one thing on my mind twenty four seven and for four weeks, you know, everything else became second priority to this year injury and I had total belief in myself that it was okay because you know, I told nobody really the extent of it, even teammates maybe knew, but it never came from me. It it was always just a I'm okay, you know. Don't don't worry about me, like I'll I'll be back just you boys make sure and get to the final because I'd be playing and that positive even positive talk and positive uh, affirmations like reminding myself that you know if any person was ever going to do this it was going to be me because I'd leave nothing to chance and it's just how I always am like I was trying to be the hardest working person like so eventually anyway long story short it you know uh September 2nd I lined out and started the All-Ireland Finals with it unfortunately didn't get the result and the leg felt fine um, probably wasn't much sharp because you're missing
for me that I was capable of doing a job that day job the first half felt I did really well but it was just that match awareness of even ball skill execution mm. etc probably let me down that day from having uh, a good game and, and finishing the game out so but the opportunity to play an all Ireland final was something that I didn't want to miss because I didn't know if it would ever come round again and uh, I wasn't going to leave it the chance so it, the injury probably didn't heal right for for a right while and led to me getting even a keyhole surgery at the start of this year but you know, I have absolutely no regrets yeah. at all and that's that's how I've always been like I'll, I'll always do whatever I can and, and try things because I'd rather not live with the regret uh, if no one I didn't and what did you learn from that process? Again, just you know, knowing who I am and being content to you know to to go alone at times where and injuries are lonely and and there's a mental rehab with injuries as much as a physical rehab, um, and I would have been doing my rehab on my own and even just spend times by myself in the room trying to get you know, doing uh, icing and whatever else, just staying mentally strong throughout that. Again, probably learning afterwards that, learning to say no to other things then, where I, I continued to play on through it for a year and a half and mm. still was niggling a bit. But, uh, you know, thankfully, all sorted now and, and body's feeling top shape at the minute, as, as good as it ever has, so... You know, just happy and excited now for, for a big year. Good, good. And Connor, just to finish this line for me, success to me is... Um, it's a good question. Um, success to me is reaching a point where you give your all and you can look back and have no regrets. Perfect. Connor, thanks very much for your time. No problem, Cormac. This is, a, again, a podcast I thoroughly enjoyed. Take care and stay safe.